bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. This year, as you know, uh, our theme is worship. And uh, the first book I read in the Bible, the first book I started studying and reading in the Bible was the book of Psalms. So I started the, the year with a book of Psalms. And I started from Psalm 1 and read through to the end and I'm off to other books. Uh, but I was impressed as I read through the Psalms and just engaged with it again and several of things that God spoke to me about. And I'm going to share one of the things I learned this year as I read the book of Psalms. And my message is titled, Finding Peace in Times of Trouble. Finding Peace in Times of Trouble. And it's going to be based on Psalm 3. And um, as you know, David wrote a lot of the Psalms. Actually, he wrote 73 of the Psalms. Almost half of the Psalms were written by David. There are 150 Psalms, and he wrote 73 of them. And the first Psalm of David, now when you read the book of Psalms, you'll find some of the Psalms uh, ascribed to Moses and to Asaph, to the sons of Korah, and so on and so forth. Uh, but there are some Psalms, and you'll find the inscription, a Psalm of David, a Psalm of David. And the first Psalm of David is Psalm 3. And Psalm 3 is very interesting because uh, first, it is the first Psalm of David in the, in the book of Psalms. And it was written at a very painful time in the life of David. At the time David wrote the Psalm, his son, Absalom, his third born son, had rebelled against him. Absalom uh, got offended because his sister, called Tamar, was sexually abused by one of his brothers, actually the first son of David called Amnon. So there was incest in the family of David. The firstborn son violated one of the half-sisters. And this was after David had uh, taken Bathsheba from the husband. So it seemed as if David had released a spirit of lust and incest in his family and the door was open and it was now destroying his family. So Amnon violates Tamar. Tamar is full sister to Absalom. And when this thing happened, David got to know about it. He was angry, but he didn't correct the mistake. And for two years, Absalom kept silent. He, he didn't, the Bible says he neither, neither spoke good nor bad to Amnon. And after two years, he planned a scheme and invited David's, the rest of his brothers to a party. Everybody thought he had forgotten and he got people to kill Amnon. When that happened, David was told that uh, had, this had happened and David was really angry. Absalom then fled and went into exile. For three years, he was in exile. And after three years, he schemed with some of David's leaders, including Joab, who was his army general, 
and they got Absalom back to the courthouse in Jerusalem. And then after that, Absalom started undermining David to take over his kingdom. He eventually succeeded in overthrowing his father as king. It's quite a dramatic story. And David wrote Psalm 3 at that time. Now, for, before we get to the psalm, I want us to just read portions of the story from 2 Samuel. And we're going to read portions from 2 Samuel chapter 15, uh, verses 1 to 6. 2 Samuel chapter 15, 10 to 14. 2 Samuel chapter 15, verse 30. And 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 5 to 8. Because we want to capture the background uh, under which Psalm 3 was written. 2 Samuel chapter 15, 1 to 6. And it says, After this it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. And Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way to the gate. So it was whenever anyone had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision that Absalom would call to him and say, what city are you from? And he would say, your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, look, your case is good and right but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or case will come to me, then I will give him justice. So it was whenever anyone came near to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel who came to the king for judgment, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. You can always, always just see the politics he's playing here. Undermining his father and making the people feel that he would have given them better justice than what David was offering them. Remember at this time, David is quite advanced in age. And he's been a king for a long time, so I'm sure his popularity is waning. And Absalom is trying to capitalize on it. Now go to verse 10 to 14. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. And with Absalom went 200 men invited from Jerusalem, and they went along innocently and did not know anything. Then Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city, from Gilo, while he offered sacrifices, and the conspiracy grew strong. For the people with Absalom continually increased in number. Now a messenger came to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee, or we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. So, when David saw that this conspiracy was growing very, very high and very strong, he gathered his people and fled from Jerusalem because he didn't want to expose the city to danger and to war. So by this time, you can safely say there is a coup d'etat and it seems to have succeeded. The king has been driven from the capital and from the palace and he's on the road. Now go to verse 30. 
And it says, so David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives and wept as he went up. And he had his head covered and went barefoot. And all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they went up. Then go to chapter 16, verses 5 and 8. Chapter 16, 5 and 8 says, Now when King David came to Bahurim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, who was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. He came out cursing continuously as he came. He threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Also Shimei said, that's when he cursed, come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The Lord brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you are caught in your own evil because you are a bloodthirsty man. That is Shimei. So, I want you to gather what is happening now. While all this is happening, David wrote the first psalm that is credited to him in the book of Psalms, Psalm 3. So let's go to Psalm 3 with this background and let's hear the words of David whilst all this is going on. Now, if you look in your Bible, and if you have a good Bible, it will say Psalm 3, and underneath it will say a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Now, we're going to read the whole psalm. It's eight verses. It says, Lord, how have they increased who trouble me? Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. Selah. This psalm is broken into three parts. And there are some very interesting things about the psalm that we're going to discover uh, today. The first part is what I call David's complaints. David starts the psalm with a lamentation, with a complaint, talking about the situation he was in. And he captures the state of confusion, the state of disorder, the pressure that is upon him in three ways. First, he talks about his trouble. His trouble. He was experiencing trouble all around, harassment all around. The word trouble there is also the word for harassment. It's almost like people are pulling you on every side and people are really disturbing your peace. David was in a state of trouble. When you read verses 1 and 2, he uses the word many are those who have uh, risen against him. Many 
are my troubles. My enemies have increased. So you get the impression that this is not just something happening in isolation with a few people. His troubles are increasing and his enemies are increasing. He's under great distress. He's troubled and the trouble is not improving. I don't know whether you've ever been in that situation where your enemies keep multiplying by the day and your troubles keep multiplying by the day and every day it seems as if somebody is coming against you. David complains about his troubles and how many they are and how increased they are and the volume of them and the size of them. The second thing David complains about is the conspiracy conspiracy. He saw the gathering of schemers. A conspiracy is a secret plan made by many people to cause harm. So it's not just about Absalom who is trying to get him. It's other people who have long-standing problems with him. Ahithophel was a counselor of David. He was the chief advisor to David. He was Uh, He's probably chief of staff. If David needed advice, he goes to Ahithophel. And Ahithophel has served David for all these years, but he had a long-standing problem with David because Bathsheba was his nephew. So Ahithophel has had this problem with David, but every time he sees David, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, bring the file, yes, sir, yes, sir, send the file, oh, send this man, yes, sir. And he's, yes, sir, in David, waiting for opportunity to strike. So Absalom rises, and his chief advisor, Ahithophel, my grace to Absalom. Joab, he fought for David, but he's playing games at this time. Shimei, who is cursing David, he's... Saul's relative. So all these people have been waiting for the day David will fall. So not only is his trouble increasing, but the conspirators are coming together. People who have stuff against him. There is a way in which when you get into trouble, you see who your real friends are. Because there will be a conspiracy People are going to turn around. People who have harbored long-standing grudges with David are now joining him. And they are disaffecting the people. When you read Absalom starts with 50 people and then he grows to 200 people and then he continues growing and now he's really penetrating the highest levels of David's command structure. The conspiracy is growing. And the third thing that David was worried about and complained about was the mockery, the mockery. He had the ridicule of his adversaries. In the midst of all his troubles, David had reports of what people were saying about him, part of which we heard from Shimei. And what Shimei is saying to David, you rogue, you bloodthirsty man, God has left you. Today God is going to punish you. He almost sounds like a Ghanaian. Your sins have found you out. You you took over from Saul and you think you'll be free. Now is your day. And David had people saying, 
And David says, many are those who are saying, there is no help for him in God. He heard the rumor in town, God has forsaken David. God has abandoned David. God is no longer with David. You know, it's one thing to have trouble. It's another thing to have conspiracy. But when you start hearing the rumors of what people are saying about you, it can break your heart, especially from people you have helped. People you were there for when they were in trouble. When you are in trouble, they say, oh, we advised him. He didn't take it. Now God will show him. And so David hears these conspiracies and then he hears the rumors and the ridicule and the mockery and people are laughing at him behind him and people are making fun about him and, and some of the people saying things like she made there are people who, 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 who don't matter but they all saying things about David as a matter of fact David's uh, mighty man said David give us permission and we'll cut down the Shimei and cut into pieces David says you know what can I do I don't know I'm, my own son has rebelled against me I'm, 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 I've left the kingdom and, and somebody's insulting me. This man and my son who is fighting me, which one is worse? My own family has given up on me and Shimei is insulting me. Leave him. That's what David said. So the conspiracy has grown and the mockery is going on and things are being said. This is his end. This is his last. He will fall. He will never rise. Have you ever been in a situation where people are telling you you would never rise again? This is your end. God has forsaken you. This is a punishment from God. This is judgment from God. God will destroy you. That's what is happening to David. This is his end. You know, human beings have a way of always predicting your end prematurely. Get into a little trouble and somebody's going to tell you, oh, this man, he will fall. Oh, this woman, he will fall. He rose, 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 rose. And when she was in her high places, she was laughing and enjoying. Now we will see. We will see where she will come to. She abandoned us, her free, true friends. Now we will see whether she will come back to us. That's what they're saying to David. Many are those who say God has left him. That is the complaint. That's the first part of the psalm. But as David progresses in the psalm, he moves from complaint to confidence. Confidence. And in verses 3 to 5, we see David's confidence. Not complaint. At this time, he's no longer complaining. It's good to complain and talk about your problem, but you have to shift from complaint to confidence in God. In the midst of all these enemies and adversaries and conspiracy, we see faith rising up in David's heart. May God give you confidence in the midst of your battle. Maybe you, you are finding yourself in a situation like David where your troubles have increased. There is a conspiracy against you and people are predicting your doom. But in the midst of your lamentation, may you lift up your voice in confidence. And may faith begin to rise in you again. The first thing we see about David is in verse 3. It's his faith. His faith. He trusted in God for his protection. He says in verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. You are a shield for me. 
A shield was for protection. Arrows have been thrown against me. Spears have been held against me. But God, you are my shield. What David is saying is, I can see the arrows coming. I can see the spear coming. I can hear the rumors. I can see, hear the prediction. But God is my protection. I can't protect myself, but God will lift up a shield for me. May I just encourage you to know, when men come against you, God knows how to lift up a shield on your behalf. Says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God will lift up a standard against him. May God raise a standard for you. May God lift up a shield for you. May God protect you from those who have risen against you. David believed that God will protect him, that he will be shielded, that he would not be exposed, that he would not become prey, that he would not be left unprotected for the enemy to destroy him. For you are my shield, O Lord. But not only did he trust that God was a shield, in the midst of trusting that God was a shield, he says, you are also the one who will lift up my head. In other words, today my head is down, but I know that you will lift up my head again. You will bring honor and glory and dignity to my life again. May God lift up your head once more and bring you the victory. So we see his faith. He trusted in God's protection. He trusted that God would take away the reproach and God will restore him. And then we see the prayer. David prayed. He took his cares to the Lord. He said, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. When you're surrounded on every side by enemies, it's important to know whom to cry to. The word cry there is not just talking about tears. He didn't say I wept. He said I cried. That means he lifted up his voice and cried to God. He was passionate. He was intense in his prayer. It's very easy when you're surrounded by enemies on every side to cry to men. Many of us are seeking help from men from women we go to people help me help my case the sad thing is that sometimes the people you are going to to help you are actually the people conspiring to destroy you and when you leave they laugh and they tell you he doesn't know he's a small boy he doesn't know what is happening because the one you want to help is the one who wants to kill you So David, at this time, he couldn't cry to Ahithophel. In days past, when he needed counsel, he would have gone to Ahithophel and said, Ahithophel, you know, this is a crisis in the country. What do we do? And the Bible says, by David's own account, that the, 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 the advice of Ahithophel was like a prophecy. Whenever Ahithophel says, do this and that, it is as if God had spoken. Because his counsel, his advice was perfect. Now Ahithophel is in the conspiracy. So whom are you going to cry to? Many of you have been crying to men. 
You've been crying to people, help me, help me, give me a loan, give me money, help me, I will, I will pay you back. And, and actually the person you want to help you wants you to fall. Can't you get it? He wants you to fall, to prove his point. So you're crying to him for help, and there is no help. So David says, I cried to the Lord with my voice. I cry to God with my voice. When you are going through trouble, the enemies have surrounded you. The conspiracy is great. Take your eyes off men. Because there comes a time you don't know whom to trust. When you don't know whom to trust, lift up your voice and cry to the one you can trust. Cry to the Lord with your voice. He says, I cry to the Lord with my voice. And he heard me out of his holy hill. He heard me. When you cry, he will hear. That's David's prayer. So you see confidence is coming back. He's talking about the complaints. Now his confidence is coming up. We see faith. And then we see prayer. The third thing we see manifesting the confidence of David. Is the peace that he had. He was rested in the Lord. And every day he was getting stronger. He was getting renewed. He said, I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. He slept through his troubles. One of the signs that you are in trouble is that you don't sleep. <laughs> when, when, when you go to bed and you can't sleep, you are in trouble. You go to bed, you lie down in bed, it's past your sleeping time. But the ideas are going through your mind, images, pictures. You can almost imagine what the end is going to be. You're playing through all the stories you've heard, all the conspiracy. Your mind is engaged. Your body is tired, but you can't sleep. Then you are in trouble. But not only are you in trouble, you have no peace. But David said, in all of this, I lay down and I slept. May God give you the ability to sleep, to rest, to trust him, to be at peace, even when everything is collapsing around you. The way to find peace in time of trouble is to trust in the Lord and be rested in him. David said, I lay down and then I awoke because the Lord sustained me. What he's saying is every day when I went to bed, I slept. I didn't know how tomorrow would be, but then I would awake and I would face the new day with confidence in God. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebill, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebill. Email 
Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.